two quarters. Vishatsu. While looking on. Ani Visheshu. Demigods living in Vaikuntha. Vishigyamanaha. Being forbidden. Suarhatamaha. By far the fittest persons. Yapi. Although. Harehe. Of Hari, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Atiharapadyam. By the two doorkeepers. Uchuhu. Said. Suritama. Most beloved. Vidikshita. Eagerness to see. Ange. Hindrance. Isha. Slight. Kama Anujena. By the younger brother of lust, anger, sahasa, suddenly, te, those, great sages, apakuta, agitated, akshaha, eyes, translation and purport by divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srinivasa. When the Kumaras, although by far the fittest persons, were thus forbidden entrance by the two chief doorkeepers of Sri Hari, while other divinities looked on, their eyes suddenly turned red because of anger due to their greatness, to see their most beloved master, Sri Hari, the personality of Godhead. Great eagerness. Great eagerness. Thank you. Okay, so please repeat. When the Kumaras, when the Kumaras although by far the fittest persons, were thus forbidden entrance by the two chief doorkeepers of Sri Hari, while other divinities looked on, their eyes suddenly turned red because of anger, due to their great eagerness to see their most beloved master. Due to their great eagerness to see their most beloved master. Sri Hari, the personality of Godhead. Sri Hari, the personality of Godhead. Reported by Srila Prabhupada. According to the Vedic system, a sannyasi, a person of the renounced order of life, is dressed in saffron covered garments. This saffron dress is practically a passport for the mendicant and sannyasi to go anywhere. The sannyasi's duty is to enlighten people in Krishna consciousness. Those in the renounced order of life have no other business but preaching the glories and supremacy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, the Vedic sociological conception is that a sannyasi should not be restricted. He is allowed to go anywhere and everywhere he wants, and he has not refused any gift he might demand from the householder. The four Kumaras came to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Narayan. The word Suritama, best of all friends, is important. As Lord Krishna states in the Bhagavad Gita, he is the best friend of all living entities, Suridam Sadabhutanam. No one can be a greater well-wishing friend to any living entity than the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is so kindly disposed towards everyone that in spite of our completely forgetting our relationship with the Supreme Lord, he comes himself, sometimes personally, as Lord Krishna appeared on this earth, and sometimes as his devotee, as did Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And sometimes he sends his bona fide devotees to reclaim all the fallen souls. Therefore, he is the greatest well-wishing friend of everyone, and the Kumaras wanted to see him. The doorkeepers should have known that the four sages had no other business, and therefore to restrict them from entering the palace was not apt. In this verse, it is figuratively stated that the younger brother of desire suddenly appeared in person when the sages were forbidden to see their most beloved personality of Godhead. 
The younger brother desire is anger. If one's desire is not fulfilled, the younger brother anger follows. Here we can mark that even great saintly persons like the Kamaras were also angry, but they were not angry for their personal interests. They were angry because they were forbidden to enter the palace to see the personality of Godhead. Therefore, the theory that in the perfectional stage one should not have anger is not supported in this verse. Anger will continue even in the liberated state. These four mendicant brothers, the Kumaras, were considered liberated persons, but still they were angry because they were restricted in their service to the Lord. The difference between the anger of an ordinary person and that of a liberated person is that an ordinary person becomes angry because his sense desires are not being fulfilled, whereas a liberated person like the Kumaras becomes angry when restricted in the discharge of duties for serving the Supreme Personality of God. In the previous verse, it has been clearly mentioned that the Kumaras were liberated persons. Viditatmatatma means one who understands the truth of self-realization. One who does not understand the truth of self-realization is called ignorant. But one who understands the self, the super-self, their interrelation and activities in self-realization is called Viditatmatatma. Although the Kumaras were already liberated persons, they nevertheless became angry. This point is very important. Becoming liberated does not necessitate losing one's sensual activities. Sense activities continue even in the liberated state. The difference is, however, that sense activities and liberation are accepted only in connection with Krishna consciousness, whereas sense activities in the conditional stage are enacted for personal sense gratification. Jai Prabhupada. Om Ajnana Timirantasya Ajnana Anjana Shalakaya. Chakshul Near Vishesha Srinivan, Ashtachal Sitaname. Jaya Sri Krishna Jaitanya Prabhuni Tananda, Sri Advaita Garada, Sri Vasari Gora Bhaktivinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. Manchakal Bhatu Yasta, Kipansindu Vedacha, Pajitanam Bhavani Dio Vaishnavi And the Kumaras, although by far the fittest persons, were thus forbidden entrance by the two chief doorkeepers of Sri Hari, while other divinities looked on. Their eyes suddenly turned red because of anger, due to their great eagerness to see their most beloved master, Sri Hari, the personality of God. Thank you all for being here this morning. And this is interest, very interesting verse because anger is misunderstood in spiritual circles and so i want to this morning kind of look at anger in a few examples of spiritual anger or righteous anger this there's anger based on, on lust as um, krishna states in bhagavad-gita that unfulfilled desires turns into um, frustration and anger and this anger is very dangerous because it's destructive. Anger is said to be the mode of ignorance. 
So we become the loss of intelligence, bewilderment of memory, delusion, follows anger. And so being on the spiritual path, it's really important to understand where our emotions, what is the root of our emotions. Um, because if the root of our emotions are based on lust, then that cannot be called righteous anger. And we can examine ourselves. I believe um, uh, one of the devotees that was visiting was talking about taking a self-inventory about how we react and respond to the world around us and looking at our heart and the basis for those reactions. And so anger is very explicitly rejected for a spiritualist in terms of material anger. He said that lust, anger, and greed are the three doorways to hell. And uh, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 4.10, he says, being free from attachment, fear, and anger, being fully absorbed in me, and taking refuge in me, many, many persons in the past became purified by knowledge of me, and thus they attained transcendental love for me. So we can see that material anger has to be given up. Um, because it's very dangerous not only to ourselves, but to the world around us. And these different anartas, these different enemies, anger is one of those enemies. Lust, anger, greed, envy, madness, and illusion. And Sri Prabhupada says, he says, we are a servant, we are serving to our best capacity but no one is satisfied. And so that's the basis of our, one of the reasons for our anger is that we're, we're trying our best to um, serve, serving our family, serving society, serving our body. No one's satisfied, no matter how much we give to our body. It's, it's just a source of pain and suffering. Uh, no matter how much we give to society, there's so many inebrieties. And, and we always are feeling this frustration because we're doing it to the best of our capacity. We're really trying, but we're not getting anywhere from it. And so in this, in this particular age, it's said that within us is a divine and demonic natures, and neither one can be supported. Like Radha Swami likes to give an example, there's two dogs. And one is the demonic nature, one is the, the divine nature. Whichever one we feed, that one wins out. And so, on the path of spiritual life, we really have to starve. We really have to starve this material lust. And we have to, to identify that when it comes up within ourselves and really take shelter of Krishna and pray for these um, divine qualities to manifest in us. So yeah, it can be confusing. Um, because we realized, actually, I was, I was looking through the 26 qualities of a devotee, and nine specific qualities are, are exactly relevant to um, peacefulness. So the quality of a devotee is peacefulness. So how can we understand anger in devotees, or anger in, in Krishna? So these qualities that a devotee possesses is they're kind to everyone. They do not quarrel. They're mild, peaceful, meek, self-controlled, respectful, humble, and friendly. 
So do you, do you see any uh, hints or of anger in those qualities? Someone who possesses these qualities, how can they become angry? Well, Prabhupada explains that in the liberated state, everything exists. There, there's no uh, suppression of emotion in the liberated state. But it has a, a proper basis. And we're speaking, what is the, the impetus or the motivation behind our emotional reactions? And when it comes to Krishna and his devotees, it's simply a basis of, of love um, for helping um, the souls in this world who are, who are suffering. Like Prabhupada, you would get angry. We read different stories about Prabhupada's anger. But the interesting thing is, devotees who generally express these experiences, they, they feel more of a fondness for Prabhupada because of this anger. Because, uh, for instance, a parent gets, gets angry at their, their child, at their loving parent. It's for the sake of rectifying their child, helping their child. Basis is not envy, because a deeper reason for anger actually is, or lust, a deeper reason for lust is envy. Envy is the root of lust. So Krishna, sometimes Prabhupada would say, you actually, you actually hate Krishna. You don't just want to turn away from Krishna, you hate Krishna, because Krishna is your competitor. And so every, all the souls in this world, because we've turned away from Krishna, the brilliant, beautiful, effulgent, blissful body of the Lord isn't present before us in our vision, generally in this world. And so all the different living entities who are around, they're possessing a little fraction of this opulence and beauty of Krishna. Krishna's full of six opulences, beauty, strength, fame, knowledge, wealth, renunciation. So when we become envious of other living entities around us, it's based on envy for Krishna, because these living entities are reflecting a little of one of these qualities, these opulences. So this, this envy, with envy there cannot be love. And also, um, this also speaks to um, how we um, appreciate we can't appreciate without, with envy. Appreciation is extremely important in Krishna consciousness. But actually, appreciation can push someone to do wonderful things um, in the service of Prabhupada. And we want to create, we, we try to create a culture here of appreciation. This kind of too some because appreciation is very powerful. Appreciation pushes positive actions. And lack of appreciation is a sign of also of lust and envy. Because we can't appreciate when there's envy there. We can't see somebody trying from their heart to serve Krishna. And we can't see their intention. And because Krishna appreciates everything done. Um, everything done. Any, anything, anything small that we can do. Krishna never forgets. He always appreciates. And so... If we want to build up the Krishna consciousness movement, that is the um, that's the solution to envy is to appreciate and glorify, glorify as much as possible. We feel envy. We don't want to feed this 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 demonic nature within us of lust and envy. So therefore, we glorify. We appreciate everyone for whatever they can do. Krishna consciousness and anything that they do that's negative. 
Because anarthas are permeating every aspect of this material world. So anything somebody does that's positive, if it's appreciated, it will increase. So appreciation means it means increasing. Anything that appreciates will increase. But if we if we focus on the anarthas, the negative things, we focus on those things, that will increase. But we don't want the anarthas to increase. Because when we when we focus on that, also the anarthas increase within us. So all around anarthas are increasing. So when we feel, if we feel any tense of envy or lack of appreciation for devotees, then the antidote is to glorify the devotees, to appreciate the devotees. And the more we do that, like Rajasri Prabhu says, our level of Krishna consciousness is based on our appreciating capacity. The more we appreciate, the more we'll invest in Krishna consciousness. And so Prabhupada is speaking in this purport about the sannyasi because these sages shouldn't have been restricted to go to Daikunta. They're the most qualified. They're coming to see the Lord. Not the purity of their heart. They wanted to see the God. They shouldn't be restricted. So a sannyasi is somebody that is totally sold out to the Lord. It's just sold out to, to serve God and to bring Krishna consciousness, enlighten people about God. So we can think of a society that has an epidemic and um, it's ravaging the society. People are dying because of this, this sickness that's spreading. So then uh, a doctor comes and has, has medicine to cure that disease. Would you restrict that doctor from coming? Or say that somebody is starving to death and somebody comes with food, would we restrict that person? Or there's, a, there's an economic crisis in the society and somebody comes and they want to hand out a million dollars to every single person but you'll restrict them from coming. So similarly, actually, this, these aren't, aren't so valuable things. But um, somebody who is actually a devotee of Krishna carries something it's more valuable than any cure for any epidemic in this world. Any amount of money, it's worth more than the whole material wealth put together, what a sannyasi can bring. The wealth that a sannyasi can bring to somebody's life. A true sannyasi, somebody who's, because Prabhupada or Krishna gives the definition of sannyasi in Bhagavad Gita. Do any of you know what, that, what the definition is? One who gives up the desire of sense gratification. Yes. He specifically said giving up activities based on sense gratification. So, in other words, his, his program is just to spread um, the message of God to the world and thus cure the material disease. That, that is his only program. So how could we restrict such a person? And that's why in the Varnashram system, the Brahmanas are supported by the society because the Brahmanas carry the wealth of um, Krishna consciousness. They're supposed to carry the wealth of God's, God's way. Okay, they carry the message of God. Thus they should be supported because they're guiding society towards, towards a proper destination. <clears throat> and so when we give up activities based on desire to enjoy our senses, then we start to purify our heart, and these positive emotions come up, and sometimes they're based on anger. Sometimes they're angry. 
Hey, Papa, sometimes you be banging his fist on the deck. I want my books like this. Ain't very angry. But he wanted to he wanted to save the world. You see his mission? He's a Saint of Pachibata. He's a field general. He wanted to save the world. That's his motive. What is the motive behind Prabhupada banging his fist on the desk? He wants to save the world. That's his only motive. It's pure. He wants to help us. That's his motive. Sometimes Bhakti Siddhanta starts Bhakti Goswami Maharaj. Sometimes you see a Mayavadi Sanyasi. He takes their beard and pulls it like that. <laughs> so what, what is the motive for this? The motive behind this anger is you are misguiding society. God is a person. Don't, don't speak this nonsense to society, misguiding people. You see this anger? And so this, this is there in the liberated souls. And so I want to just examine a few examples of anger based on sense gratification and anger based on, on love of God. And so Durasamuni, oftentimes, he's a yogi, so this is interesting. You can actually be an advanced personality in this world and still have anger based on material sense gratification. We have examples of demigods, of yogis, um, great learned personalities, etc. So Durasamuni with Ambarish Maharaj, uh, he was taking a bath, and in Vedic culture, you're not supposed to eat before the guest eats. Similarly, that's why we also allow uh, wait for the senior devotees and guru to eat first before we, we honor prasad. So that, there is that rule, but simultaneously there is a rule to break the Kadashi fast at a certain time. So Ambarish Maharaj, he didn't know what to do because his guest, the Rasmuni, was, was bathing. And it was time to break the fast. There's a small window. So he said, okay, I'll just drink a little bit of water to break the fast. And then I'll wait for my guest to come and he can take a shot. So when he, when he drank this little bit of water, because Dharasamuni uh, is a great yogi, he has mystical potency, he understood that Ambarish Maharaj broke this rule of etiquette. And so he became very angry based on being disrespected. He felt disrespected, therefore anger. So what is the basis of that anger? It was wanting to be respected. You see? Because Ambarish was a great soul. Ambarish didn't have to have to be, no one had to be angry at Ambarish Maharaj. He was the great devotee of Krishna, great leader, great king. He engaged in all the nine processes of bhakti yoga. So when he became angry and he tried to harm Ambarish Maharaj, then Gaspar became angry. Krishna became angry. So we send a student to chakra. So that you see the difference between spiritual anger and material anger there. Um, and we have Indra. The Indra Yagya was stopped by Krishna to teach him a lesson. The same, the same feeling. They were going to worship me. This was for me, and you stopped this Yagya. So then Indra got, became very angry and rained down. It's massive. Uh, storms. And of course, Hiranya Kashipu, he became extremely angry because his son was a devotee. And Lord Vishnu was his sworn enemy. He couldn't be in the position that he wanted to be as the all in all when Vishnu was in the picture. So he became extremely angry when his son would always talk about Lord Vishnu. You stop talking about Krishna. 
I don't want to hear about Krishna. Krishna doesn't exist to me. And so when he when he started harassing Prahlad Maharaj, guess who became angry? Lord Nishingadev. Great fear, anger. No anger can go beyond anger of Lord Nishingadev. Um, and this is actually interesting one, because this one is a little tricky. But we can understand based on the nature of Parikshit Maharaj. When Parikshit Maharaj, he was very thirsty in the forest, and he went to um, the hut of a sage to, to, to request some water. The sage was in meditation. He didn't acknowledge um, the king. So Parikshit Maharaj became angry. We have to examine this a little bit. So he went outside, he took a dead snake and put it around his neck. Now this anger, because perhaps it was, it was, it could be seen as anger based on not being respected. But because we know the nature of Parikshit Maharaj, we know that he's a great soul and a great devotee of Krishna. His program was to eliminate irreligious activities. And we know that because he became angry at Kali personified. Remember, he went to conquer all four directions in the Bhagavatam, and Kali personified was there. He was in the dress of a, of a Brahmana, a spiritual person, and he was beating a cow in a bowl. That is horrendous. He went to kill this person. So he became angry at the irreligious activities. So similarly, the king is a representative of God, and this meditator, meditating yogi, should recognize as etiquette to recognize this great devotee and king that comes in. So for the sake of religious principles, he was teaching. But then Shrinki, he was in the bodily conception of life. He was the son of, um, of this estate, of this yogi. He was in the bodily conception of life thinking, my father's been offended by the king. But actually the, the devotee, Pariksha Maharaj, was teaching in the lesson. And so he cursed Parikshit Maharaj. This anger is based on lust. So you can see how it can seem a little tricky sometimes. But we have to know the nature and the character of the person who are becoming angry. Like, what is the nature of Radharani when she becomes angry? It's, gee, who, who is a greater devotee and lover than Srimati Radharani? No one. So we know her nature. When she becomes angry, it's completely pure anger. And we have the example, Radharani speaking to a bumblebee. Uh, Uddhava came to deliver a message from Krishna. And the gopis were already getting pretty upset. They were already feeling pretty upset that Krishna was away from them for so long. And so Radharani, she didn't want to talk to Uddhava. So she instead, she considered this bumblebee to be, to be the representative of Krishna, the message of Krishna. And so she chastised in anger, this bumblebee, she said, don't touch me. Don't touch me. She said, you are, you are just like Krishna. Krishna goes, just like you go from flower to flower to extract nectar. You come and you, you come to us, you captivate us, you enchant us, and then you leave us for the, for the girls of Mathura and Dwarka. That you are just like, your character is just like that of the, of the bumblebee. You are, not, you are crooked, just like your master Krishna is crooked. You are nothing but an unreliable servant of an unreliable master. 
So we can see the angry brother. Pure anger. And so we can see that all these emotions exist in the spiritual world. But what is the basis of those emotions? Is it centered on love? Is it trying to help others? Is it trying to help lead others in the right path? Is it in relationship to pure Krishna consciousness and affection for the Lord? Because Radharani knows absolutely nothing but the service of Krishna. It's actually described that Radharani, she's ready to give up her body. She can never experience material lust, but just based out of fear of material lust, she's ready to give up her body. That's the type of love she has for Krishna. And and of course, it's Hanuman. Hanuman, he was so angry that he burnt a whole city. He burnt down the city of Lanka because this Ravana had taken Sita from the Brahma. That was the level of his anger. I mean, you've you got to be angry to burn one building down. But to build, burn a whole city down, you have to be extremely angry. He was very, very angry. And at the end of this age, when, when everybody is performing irreligious activities, everyone is engaged in abominable sinful activities. And with basically no religion, then Lord, Lord Krishna comes as Kalki and he kills all the, all the demonic persons. And in so doing, in that anger of God, he purifies the whole world and those souls he liberates. That's the anger of, of God and his, his representatives. So we'd like to end here. Does anybody have any questions or comments or realizations? Appreciation is a reflection of love. Like if somebody is, is serving, they're giving their time and energy, and, and no appreciation is there, then what's the question of how difficult is it to appreciate somebody? It's not very difficult. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a sign that the heart has become constricted, actually. Um, when we see somebody endeavoring for Krishna, and we don't appreciate them. Um, I was thinking, too, because I was actually thinking, that people in marriages oftentimes will say, you know, honey, you really helped me through this. You really helped me through this time. You helped me to achieve this or that. And a lot of times it's not so much like a physical thing, but it's that their, their spouse really appreciated them and really encouraged them. So they felt that, that subtle support there. So it's not always 
Um, actually, that's even more important because that, that energizes us. That really energizes us. And when we feel when we feel unappreciated and we we don't we don't feel inspired, when we're not inspired, it's difficult to want to do more, to do more service. Often gives that example of, of just the opposite of, of envy of people where the two uh, Indian men were talking, oh, did you hear so-and-so was a high court judge? No, that can't be possible. Him? And they're going back and forth, and then finally the guy said, well, okay, I accept he's a high court judge, but he's probably not getting paid. So it's, you know, they, they, you know they're just thinking the guy has no intelligence and just know, okay, if he is doing that, then he's just volunteering. There's no way to hire such a guy. So that's the materialistic um, mentality. The more I minimize you, the more I can lift up myself. Yeah. I grew up in a family where, especially my dad, was really quick to anger. And, um, and so I'm, I have anger issues. You know, I do. Here's a fair question. Yeah. No, yeah. So, <laughs> down at the gym show last year, some guy parked in our space and he says, I'll be right back. He wasn't right back. And he came back and he still didn't move. You know, I got so angry. And, and we all just came to blows. And he said, I thought you were Hare Krishna's, you know, you didn't get angry. You know? <laughs> I felt like I probably had a justified anger. You know, because he was preventing us from setting up. Yeah. Actually, I meant to read this. This is actually, Papa gives a synthesis of. Based on what you're just saying, pretty much the avoid anger should be used for. And that was in connection to King Vena, because King Vena he was a very wicked and self-centered king, and the Brahmanas who are generally you're describing the quality of a Brahman, peaceful, kind, etc. They generally don't engage in violence, but he was so wicked and misguided society, because Brahmanas, devotees, gurus are supposed to be um, guiding the the, the king. And when the king isn't being guided, isn't willing to be guided, and is very sinful, then this is a huge havoc for society. And so they actually were prepared to kill King Vena. And Prabhupada says this in the purport. He says a devotee is generally very humble and meek, and he is reluctant to pick a quarrel with anyone. This is the general nature of devotee. Generally, not like the devotee gets angry on it. <laughs> That's not the idea. Generally, they're humble, meek, kind, etc. So it's it's a it's an exception. Nor does he envy anyone. However, a pure devotee immediately becomes fiery with anger when he sees that Lord Vishnu or his devotee is insulted. So this is the um, pure impetus for, for anger. When we see devotees and the Lord being insulted. So anything else before we finish? Are you out there not feeling very angry? Try to try to show you about your time. We're feeling
Hey, Swami. Hey, Krishna. Did you understand? Little. History is when you tell history, then I will. Then you understand. I, I, I understand. Okay. Something in the middle world, I think. But uh, I want to also ask something that uh, no combination word to it with this word.